Welcome back, everyone, to Stay in Your Lane podcast brought to you by Triple T Transport. Today, we're going to do something a little different. I know a lot of you viewers and a lot of our clients have been peppering and, and pestering and looking for cold storage capabilities. They're having problems in cold, your cold storage. So I said, you know, I need to help. I need to try and bring some value to everybody that uh, watches and supports and listens. Uh, so I figured uh, I'd go to the best two people that I was able to find uh, in the industry, and that is going to be David Sterling, Nick Pacitti with Sterling Solutions. Now, these two gentlemen, say hi, guys. Give a wave. Hello, There's hello. David and Nick. David's on top. Nick's on the bottom there. What we're looking for here is is really a general understanding of what's going on because in the past two years, I've never seen so many shippers come to me with problems, cold storage problems, which I think are manpower related. And never have I heard so many having trouble uh, with location geographically being able to find enough cold storage capacity for their needs. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that coupled with a lot of the other manpower issues have, have got me wondering, what is the situation in cold storage right now? Where are we at? And which one of you two would like to help us? You, you know, we, we, we always say, you know, eating food may be risky business, but not eating is lethal. And really what that means is obviously we all have to eat, right? right. And, 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 you know, we, we're talking about recession you know, coming, uh, maybe a soft landing, but nonetheless, uh, what we find is uh, in any type of economy, the need for cold storage, frozen, refrigerated, whatever it may be, uh, always seems to increase. And we do know one thing for sure, that the, the growth of food basically tracks the growth of the population, uh, somewhere 3 to 5% per year. And, and in some segments, obviously, it's much higher. Uh, the frozen food segment has really taken off. Uh, uh, seafood and, and other related types of frozen entrees, uh, we found over COVID, they've, they've jumped well over 20, up, upwards to over 30%. So the, the need for frozen uh, storage as well as multi-temperature isn't subsiding. Uh, what is changing, though, is the trend. And what I mean by trend is obviously they don't, you got two, two big juggernauts out there that deal with big companies. Uh, and, you know, when I was with Kraft and Nestle, I dealt with the big boys. I dealt with the little guys as well, big shippers, you know, the, the, like the companies I just talked about that I worked with. They have needs that vary uh, for promotional, seasonal. And they can sh shift uh, from market to market as well. So the, the big chains are very flexible. Uh, but in, in many ways, too, that flexibility uh, comes with some requirements in terms of high volumes and the like so that they, they can be flexible. What we're finding today, we talked about a distributed uh, cold chain model. And what we mean by that is more facilities, but smaller facilities in more of a regional uh, location. And what we mean by regional when they said, hey, Nick, we only need one big DC. Then I said, oh, we need two DCs, right? Coast to coast. Then we need three, coast to coast, and then somewhere in the Midwest. Now, not today, it's not unusual for companies to have, oh, my goodness, five, 10, 15 of these so that they can reach the uh, their market very quickly. Uh, because, you know, the, the, big, the big power grocers are demanding more and more. And what, and what they're demanding is we want more frequent deliveries at less volume, and by the way, we want it at less cost as well. So, so these big shippers are scratching their head, going, well, "How do we do that?" Because transportation rates are going up now. They they might have settled the, the last few months, but we all know transportation cycles change almost every you know 12 to 24 months. 
So what we're finding is the need for cold storage is exactly correct, John, but it's the need is different. And what I mean by that is uh, like we're, we're building a facility in Cleveland, Ohio, 160,000 square foot freezer uh, that's going to cater to uh, smaller shippers, mid mid-sized to smaller shippers, frozen products. And, and the key, a lot of them are, even though they're regional branded um, shippers, a lot of them are, are frozen baked goods that need to get their products nationwide. And they can only do that through, uh, well, you can do it many ways, but we're offering a pool consolidation program nationwide. So, so LTL or small small shipment exactly. consolidation. Basically yeah. consolidating a lot of these one to two pallet shipments with three, four, five, maybe 10 you know, other shippers that may be going to the same customer, positively going to the same zip code or same region. And you can consolidate, uh, you know, 10, 10 customers going to maybe three customers, uh, to three uh, And that saves their, 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 uh, transport, you know, their transportation costs by, you know, upwards to 30 plus percent. But so, so we're seeing the trend is going towards more uh, nimble, more flexible and smaller types of DCs that it can can accommodate smaller uh, to you know, smaller to mid-sized shippers. And what do we mean by that is companies that are perhaps the smallest, you know, five, 10, 15, 50 million dollar type of shippers, you know, all the way up to maybe a billion dollar type of shipper. The other thing we're finding, and, and I get this call every day, is the need for new product uh, launches. Uh, into a, a region. Now you can't go into the big guys because you know what? You, you, they're they're going to put your product throughout their 300,000 square foot warehouse and it may take them eight hours to pick a truckload of product. Um, they're coming to us to say, we need 5,000 pallet positions. Forget the square footage. We need 5,000 pallet positions for the next year or two. We're leasing them pallet positions, not square footage. And right. we do that because they can be a lot more efficient. As they turn the product, once, twice, three times a month, their storage costs go way down because it's a fixed per pallet cost uh, type of a figure. And there's a negotiated handling fee. So we're, we're seeing smaller, more nimble, uh, but a, a greater number of them. Uh, and what we mean by smaller, these facilities uh, are, are well under 150,000 square feet. An 80 to 100,000 square foot uh, temperature control facility is, is, is becoming more and more the norm uh, however, we work with a lot of developers or that, that are looking to, to build spec buildings upwards to 300,000 square feet. We think that's quite risky. You need an anchor tenant to come in and really uh, make that thing. To drive that. To drive that, exactly, to, to justify it. So so I'll hand it off to David. He, he's got some numbers behind this um, that, that can you know, add, add some more specificity to what I just talked about. Hi, David. Great. Thanks, Nick. So, you know, I think what Nick was talking about is just kind of looking at what's going on with trends and what people are doing and some things like that. If you kind of look at what is behind that, we can kind of look at just, just simply looking at supply and demand uh, for code storage. And so what's driving that? From a supply side, uh, there's a, a study that JOL, Jones Long LaSalle did years ago, three, four years ago, and it really, I don't think it's been updated, so, but it's very pertinent still for what we're talking about, uh, that the average age of the, of the U.S. coach storage warehouse is 42 years. 78% uh, of them built before 2000, and almost 50% built before, two, before 1980. 
So you can kind of see that leads to a lot of technological obsolescence. You know, you have uh, with issues with temperatures, you have issues with temp uh, ceiling heights, you have uh, issues with product handling, all kinds of things that are so cooling systems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just uh, and and you know, in to and what some of what Nick was talking about even is that there are many temperature zones required sometimes, right? So we, we're talking about a multi-temperature facility. You know, people think, okay, we got frozen, we got refrigerator, we got you know temperature control, but then there's temperatures within those as well. And so you, you need to have the flexibility to handle a lot of those. Uh, blast freeze and blastually tempering, all kinds of things that we can do. So that is just kind of the first element of, of thinking, well, we don't have a lot because of that. Um, in, in addition, what we have has been being filled up um, we, from a, simply just kind of looking at the demand. Uh, the, Nick mentioned that the growth has been phenomenal um, that we've had. Uh, it, it continues. And really, starting with prior to COVID, even prior to COVID, we had a problem. We had a problem with capacity. Mm -hmm. and so I would agree with that. One of the things that we're seeing is a tremendous growth in this whole area for a lot of reasons. Again, one study from JLL said that food and beverage is now the largest manufacturing sector in the United States. And it's driven by consumer demand for that product. So you've got consumers, but you also have restaurants. So uh, in 2019, the American uh, Frozen Food Institute said that more than 40% of food service operators say they're buying more, purchasing more frozen food than they did in 2019. Mm -hmm. So 50%, it's the same. So you've got 40% buying more, and that just completely adds to this. Another thing is just consumer, different kinds of demand. Consumers are saying, hey, I want fresh product 12 months of the year. I want this, I want to have it available throughout. And then one big area, is you know we've seen you know, what happened with COVID, right? We we saw um, working from online home. purchasing, lots of online purchasing, right? And that online purchasing just went crazy. Now this past year we saw the rate of growth for e-commerce, uh, the the rate decrease. It still grew, but the rate of growth was 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 less. Correct. But it's still growing. It's still growing, and that directly impacts all this demand that manufacturers and processors have. Um, so if you've got that increased demand for that, manufacturers and processors then have to have add capacity. So a lot of manufacturers and processors have capacity in that they may have cold storage located on site for themselves. So the best and highest use of their facility would be processing and manufacturing. So they would want to push that cold storage off to right. somebody out, you know, outsource that. Correct. So that upstream requirements is pushing more that on you know the on-site coach towards off as well, adding to more demand with, with our capacity issues. As an example of that, we have we, we've been doing some work in the southeast. And there's you know one of the things that's really growing is chicken processing, right? There's so many of these chicken processors that are just I mean they are slammed. They are continuing to process more and more and more, and so. In this in a rural area, a one third party is building this huge facility to do blast chilling and storage. Well, that would never have been done before because it's a rural area. But 
all these processors need to push things out, push things out. So they're so this this opportunity has arisen for this third party to be able to do that in a rural area. So you you, you kind of see that. Um, you know, one of the things we ran into this past year was kind of a weird deal. Uh, we had uh, we were working with a port and the, the steamship company that's bringing in a lot of this frozen food. Uh, we were told that they were having to defer bringing some of their imports in because they didn't have any place to put the containers. They didn't have any place to put the pallets. So it was they would rather sit at the com- uh, country of origin for a while until they could find it before they could bring it here. So there's a lot of you know associated with that. That's another point there, because the, the technology, John, with these new facilities is state-of-the-art, highly, much more sustainable, much more environmentally friendly. We're talking about uh, low-charge ammonia systems. We're talking about CO2 systems that if they, you know, the, the day of the ammonia leaks are, are, are long gone. And these facilities are much more flexible. So you can have, like David indicated, many more rooms at different temperatures because you have what they call expert systems that set up on a rooftop. So we'll, we'll get into that maybe the next segment in terms of the technology of these new facilities. Right? All of these issues continue over and over and over to layer the Snowball. On. Yeah, and it's just uh, continues to be a problem, continues to be a problem. And, you know, the question, I remember when we started really looking at this years ago, it was like, if there's all this demand, why don't they just build more? Yeah. I mean, if the market is there, why would the market adjust? I don't, that may be something we want to cover a little bit in, yep. in, 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 in the next one, but there's, I mean, that to me would be a logical question, right? right. <laughs> why, why not just build more? A lot of automation to talk about next time around, John. Absolutely. Uh, thank you both for all your time. Thank you. All right. Appreciate, Appreciate having it. you on. Uh, we're definitely going to have you on again here in the near future on Stay in Your Lane with Triple T Transport. Again, everyone watching, uh, David Sterling, Nick Pacitti, okay, both of these gentlemen are partners together, been successful throughout the United States for more than 25 years, okay? So we're getting it right from the horse's mouth on this, and we're definitely going to have these two back on, all right? Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Have a good day. Bye.